From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This is the broadcast for March 30th in the year of our Lord 2020. This is our one of two. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law, the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. One of the great peaceful, restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, ladies and gentlemen. On Saturday, we were live, and I had my buddy uh, for a two-hour special guest, Tim Starks, with us. And he's got 20 years as an analyst working with cybersecurity, threat analysis, risk analysis, and then businesses and how they can recover. Disaster planning and recovery and more. We talked about how long will the coronavirus take to run its course. We predict it'll get better in the summer. And then come back, Dr. Fossey, saying that it's now a seasonal reality without the deal. So this isn't going away anytime soon, that's for sure. Um, We talked about in Utah, for example, they're out of control. Um, Utah's directive by the governor is pretty mellow. It says, hey, this is not a shelter-in-place order. It is a beg-everybody-to-stay-at-home order. And uh, it'll remain in effect till April 13th. We urge everybody to stay at home. So the governor, not very dictatorial, but saying, hey, this is serious. we got to really work on this. Uh, some might debate that he's over the top, but I think so far it's not a mandate. There's no penalties. So I think the governor, to some degree, trying to be very careful. i got to give the governor a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. However, the Salt Lake City mayor, her name is Erin. She's a female. She is off the charts. She has literally put the force of law, supposedly, I call it the color of law, uh, behind the general statement for the governor and said in Salt Lake City, Utah, hey, man, you're caught violating this uh, directive from the governor, and we'll give you $1,000 fines and six months in jail. She's out of control, folks. If residents of Salt Lake City violate the order, okay, the directive, then you're in trouble. Well, the governor... um. It's going quite far, but it's not a mandate and there's not penalties. The mayor of Salt Lake City, out of control, folks. Donald Trump did sign the $2.2 trillion. They call it a stimulus package into law, but I call it a, a socialism plan. I mean, massive socialism. Donald said it would never be a socialist country. How could he sign such a socialist behemoth of a spending bill? But there you have it. The only person that stood against it, in my opinion, was Kentucky Rep. Thomas Massey doing a phenomenal job. He took a beating from Donald Trump for it. He said, I swore an oath to uphold the Constitution, and I take it seriously, and I commend Thomas Massey for his stance. Donald Trump named Peter Navarro the National Defense Production Act coordinator, allowing him to determine when and where the federal government could force private companies into its, quote, mandated service. Fascism on steroids, ladies and gentlemen. They say we are engaged in the most significant industrial mobilization since World War II. They say we have a wartime president and fighting a visible, an, an invisible enemy, Navarro says. We don't have a wartime president, folks. There is no declaration of war. Okay, this is all propaganda peddled by the highest elements in our government. Donald Trump running around saying we'll never be a socialist nation 
and then literally signing the most socialist piece of legislation we've ever seen in our lifetimes when it comes to the redistribution of wealth. Never before in history have we just spent ourselves into complete oblivion like we've done just now. People he's hired and put in place swamp monster the well, swamp monsters to the umph degree claiming, oh wow, you know we're in a wartime president with a uh, an invisible war. Okay, it's all a big lie. It isn't true. Donald Trump has now forced General Motors to make ventilators by force, folks. I'm telling you right now, they're suspending the Constitution at every turn. Wow. Economists say the U.S. is already in recession, and the head of the International Monetary Fund said on Friday that it is clear that the global economy has now entered a recession. Folks, this is serious business. She then went on to claim that we won't even recover until 2021. That's if we do all the right things. The 189-member, that's country, member lending agency, says we're not even going to recover until 2021, and that's if we're lucky. If we do everything perfect, if we stop the virus, etc. The bottom line is, has the government become the boy that cried wolf? Certainly the answer is yes, and at every time they're stealing your rights and violating the supreme law of the land at every turn. How can we carry out a family risk-reward analysis so we can thrive economically in the future and protect our families? We talked about that with Tim Starks as well. Are we experiencing a coronavirus great awakening? Sometimes the most ingredient, the most important ingredient for spiritual awakening is a cataclysmic event. This is serious, folks. I think the government is out of control. Uh, some people are trying to hold the line and respect the Constitution. And on one hand, President Trump is at least he didn't give a federal order. It's just guidelines. But then when Donald Trump literally resurrected this 1950s force private sector to work for government plans, Folks, we're going way too far. What you're experiencing is the socialist remaking of America. You thought we were on socialism before. Coming out of this, virtually everybody in every business will be on some kind of government dull scrutiny plan. Beware and remember who warned you first. All right, without further ado, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. It's good to be with you. Donald had a little flash of freedom in his mind. He said he wanted to open up the economy by Easter. But now, with Dr. Fossey's influence, swamp monster to the umpth degree, uh, Donald has changed his mind. Now, Trump announced that the social distancing guidelines will remain in effect through April 30th. Who knows if he'll extend it again, Lol? No one knows, Sam. Uh, I guess here in Utah, the extension is April 13th, so just two more weeks. Yeah, but they'll they'll capitulate and go along with the Donald. You watch. Yeah. I yeah. pray they don't. I pray we can open up the economy. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that the coronavirus is not real. It exists. Okay, we're not, we're not corona deniers. It does exist. But they're playing games with the numbers, and they're using this as, as an opportunity to really further the agenda of government. And by their fruits, shall you know them, is how I want to start out this segment with Lowell Nelson. Look, if their fruits were to try to protect the most vulnerable among us, I would have complete respect. That's not what they're doing. They're remaking America on the back of this manufactured to a great degree crisis. Is it serious? Yes. Is it real? Yes. But do we need to suspend the Constitution and violate our own internal supreme laws? All for expediency, all for safety. Those of you who trade your your liberty for security will wind up with neither, and that's what you see before your very eyes. Lull, suspending the Constitution, police state uses crises 
to expand its lockdown powers. John Whitehead of the Rutherford Institute leads with this incredible column. He makes the point better than I ever could, sir. He says, you can always count on the government to take advantage of a crisis, legitimate or manufactured. And this coronavirus pandemic is no exception. He says, not only are the federal and state governments unraveling the constitutional fabric of the nation with lockdown mandates that are sending the economy into a tailspin and wreaking havoc with our liberties, but they're also rendering the citizenry fully dependent on the government for financial handouts, medical intervention, protection, and sustenance. That is what he said, Sam, to open his article. What, what has he been warning about, uh, us about all these years? Well, it is government overreach. It's invasive surveillance. He's warned us about martial law, abuse of powers, militarized police, weaponized technology used to track and control the citizenry, and the list goes on and on. And by the way, in Salt Lake City with the mayor's latest edict, it's not quite martial law, martial law because there's not tanks in the streets. The military is not backing it. But it is as close to martial law in the private sector as you can get, which is six months in jail and a $1,000 fine if you're caught violating. Yeah, class B misdemeanor right here in Salt Lake City. For, uh... And by the way, in the whole state, we've had, I think, three deaths so far. <laughs> out, of, out of, what, 3.3 million people? Something like that, Sam, right in Utah. And, you know, I, I would look differently on the government's response to the COVID-19 thing if they were actually doing something to protect those who are dying, right? I mean, it's always the, on average, the, age, the average age of the person who dies is, is 80. And so, in fact, I, I, you know, I don't know of any deaths in Utah for someone younger than 60. Um, and so what do we do? Well, we, we order everybody to lock down. And that puts, you know, families together and, you know, it, 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 it brings home the children from school. And who are they going to be with? Well, they're going to be with family. And who's with family? Well, you've got aged, you've got the middle aged, you've got the young, and they're all, you know, consorting. They're all uh, spending time together. It's not, it's not like the government saying, let's just quarantine those who are, you know, 65 and older. Um, and, you know, let the rest of the world continue to be productive. They're not saying that. They're saying everybody has to be locked down. And so, it, I don't know, it just seems, seems like it's a, the incorrect response. Well, and I, su- I support the general guidelines to say, hey, we've got to have education. We've got to protect, protect one another. We've got to be transparent. We've got to look at this as a serious matter. I support all that. Okay, but I will use the two people in Utah as kind of the guidelines. You know what? The president of the United States has not given an edict or a mandate. He's given guidelines. And the governor of the state of Utah, although Gary Herbert may not be my favorite, you know, constitutionalist, um, he isn't dictating this. He's saying, hey, here's the guidelines. We really need to be careful. This is not a shelter in place or a mandate of any kind. Um, please do this, folks. We really need to get on this. That's how the, the governor's being right now. And I, I at least commend him for that stance. The mayor of Salt Lake City, on the other hand, took it way too far. And I see that difference being kind of the key to this discussion right now. One is saying, please, guys, we really need to do this. The other is saying we're going to give you penalties and fines. All right, let's talk about it more with Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org in seconds.
Hey, listen up. This is a deep state alert. Former Texas Congressman Steve Stockman, who moved to arrest Lois Lerner for contempt of Congress, has been imprisoned by the very office that Lerner led. You heard right. Stockman hit the Obama administration hard, and they hit back with the full force of the federal government. The guy who said he wanted Mark Levin as Speaker of the House was the first to threaten Obama's impeachment, exposed Hillary's selling steel to the Iranians, and blocked both Obama's immigration and gun bills from even reaching the House. But Obama holdovers came after him in federal court with trumped-up charges and have locked our guy up. Like many others, he was on Obama's hit list. Steve fought for us in Congress. Now we need to fight for him. Don't abandon this wounded hero on the battlefield. Let's help cover his massive legal costs. To chip in five bucks or more, text the word FIGHT to 444-999. That's FIGHT, F-I-G-H-T, to 444-999. Or go to DefendAPatriot.com. That's DefendAPatriot.com. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married and have some kids. All right, John Whitehead of the Rutherford Institute doing a phenomenal job saying, listen, we don't need to violate the Constitution in all this. And I think he's spot on. Donald Trump increasing or lengthening the social distancing guidelines to April 30th. Does John have more, Lowell? Yeah, John always has more to say. His articles uh, are, are lengthy. Uh, we can only highlight a few of the things here. Um, he's uh, he's just reporting that the Department of Justice here in the United States, they, they have a long list, a laundry list of, of lockdown towers to trample on the Constitution that they are seeking. They're asking Congress uh, for the ability to suspend the Constitution, for example, indefinitely detain American citizens, bypass the courts, quarantine whole communities or segments of the population, override the First Amendment by outlawing religious gatherings and assemblies of more than a few people, shut down entire industries, manipulate the economy, muzzle dissidents, uh, stop and seize any plane, train, or automobile to stymie the spread of contagious disease. They want to reshape financial markets, create a digital currency, uh, determine who should live and die. I mean, the list goes on and on, Sam. And... Um, yeah, I, you know, yesterday my wife and I visited the Japanese-American internment camp at Topaz, Utah, uh, northwest of Delta. I, I know that's kind of your old stomping grounds down there. And um, it was um, sobering for us. I'd never been there before, never visited that camp. And, of course, nothing remains of the camp, really, other than some, some monuments uh, to its existence, uh, some old signs still uh, hanging around. But to me it remains... It's a, a sobering reminder of, of the damage that 
is done from a panicked populace, right? And those, those who we allowed, the public allowed their public servants to imprison over 8,100 of their fellow citizens of Japanese descent there in, in this internment camp at Topaz for two and a half years. Um, and um, that is just not right. Uh, I, had a, I had a cousin who was a coach, uh, Eddie Kimball, and he, he had a, a, a young Japanese uh, friend who who just scared, he, he and his wife were, were scared every time someone stopped outside the door and walked up the, the walk, knocked on their door, you know, and, and one time Eddie Kimball came back in, in uniform from from the military on a on leave and walked up to, up to speak with his friends. It just petrified, you know, our, our his Japanese friend. And, and this is not healthy for liberty when uh, citizens live in fear of the government. Uh, what, what we, when, you, know, you know you have liberty when the government lives in fear of the citizens. And some would say that, Sam, this is significant enough where we've got to do something. I get your constitutional, you know, ideal rhetoric, but in this reality, we've just got to do something different. Or, you know, the, the repercussions could be so huge. And my response is, you know what? We think the government's the answer. What we need to do is dismiss the government and say you can't violate the supreme law of the land. Uh, the Constitution is here for such a crisis uh, like this or any other crisis you can think of. And we need to turn to God as a people. And I'm glad many of us made it a day of fasting and prayer yesterday. And I think that's where the solutions are. But listen to this uh, headline to kind of illustrate your point, um, Lowell. The National Guard in Rhode Island will begin going door-to-door on Saturday. So they started going door-to-door two days ago to enforce an executive order requiring visitors from New York to go into, quote, self-quarantine for 14 days to limit the spread of coronavirus. Now, I guess Gina Raimondo is the one that signed this order. They also authorized police to make traffic stops of vehicles holding the license plate of New York or the Empire State. Wow. That's according to Bloomberg News. They say right now we have a pinpointed risk. It's called Salt, or it's called New York City. The order will extend through April 25th. This is the kind of stuff we're talking about. It's out of control. And on one hand, you could say, well, we're crazy. You know what? They're just trying to protect us. And my response is, then why are they seeking for these powers in every way? And why have they been doing so for decades? Uh, and then they get this opportunity and they jump right through it. This is not a one-time example. This is not a normally they don't do this, but now they are. They do this all the time. This is just the excuse that takes away the opposition. And that's where we need to stand and say, I get that this is serious, uh, but the answer is not to violate our rights on the altar of safety. And that's really what people don't understand in modern day. They kind of think that, oh, this is necessary, or we don't have any authority to challenge this. Um, They can do whatever they want to. That's the lie we've been conditioned to believe, Lowell. Well, and, and uh, part of the problem too is that people go right along with government, thinking that oh, we have to, we have to stop uh, the economy, we we have to shelter in place, we can't go out. And in other words, we've got people, you know, our good neighbors and friends around us who are are taking up this position. They're supporting the government's assertion of this right to defend the Constitution just because of this external danger. Well, I've got news for them. The, the government will find a boogeyman, regardless of what it is or who it is or 
how, you know, whatever danger they want to conjure up, they will find a boogeyman and, and uh, spring it on the people in order to, uh, you know, give them excuse or cover for taking our rights away. Robert Barnes has an incredible column that backs John Whitehead and backs the points we're making uh, big time. He does, Sam. Um, just just look at the, the First, Second, Fourth, and Fifth Amendments. He writes about these. He says, regarding the First Amendment, um, governments in America suspended the First Amendment freedom of millions of citizens with shutdown, stay-at-home, curfew orders that prohibit obtaining a petition for a public protest or even being physically present for a public protest. Indeed, even meetings in more than 10 are prohibited by various governing jurisdictions within the United States. Surprising places like Missouri did so. Towns like Hartford did so. Maryland soon followed suit. The effect of the stay-at-home orders of New York, California, Nevada, Illinois, and Pennsylvania effectively achieved the same outcome. Other governing officials recognized the dubious lawlessness of these orders but remain outliers. Remember the Hong Kong protest? Gone. Remember the Yellow Vest protest? Soon to be gone. Seen any protests on American streets lately? A pandemic is here. Protests are gone. Constitution is quarantined. (laughs) Very interesting word verbiage here. He he says the Constitution has been quarantined in every case. Regarding the Second Amendment, for example, he says under the guise of unnecessary business, Emergency powers are simply by reducing staff in the background checks department. Governments show a willingness to limit Second Amendment rights as well. Mayors declare the right to ban gun sales. Governments declare no background check personnel to process a background check, delaying gun sales indefinitely, and other governments simply shut down all gun sales businesses entirely. Well, most worrisome, he writes, this happens while governments release inmates into the streets and discuss releasing even more, and at the same time, issue no arrests and no detention orders from Philadelphia to Fort Worth for a wide range of criminals. Because the people they release into the streets are very likely to obey the quarantine. First off, they got a place to shelter in place, and secondly, they usually obey laws. Not. And this is insanity, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. But he ends, in my opinion, his incredible column with a real important point. Only an awake public, Lowell. Yes. Only an awake public. I remember writing this. Where did I put it? Right near. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, That's it. He says this. Only when an awake public asserts their human liberties to protest the loss of their liberties will then governments quit using public health crises to seize power that does not belong to them. The answer to 1984 is still... 1776, Sam. And this is where I've really pushed hard. You know what? I've been very patient in my criticism. I've been very patient saying, look, I get that this is a crisis. I get that people are dying. I get that we don't have enough data to make, you know, a real informed decisions. I get that these politicians are in a tough spot. I've been very patient with them. Uh, and that's why a little bit I commend President Trump and I commend our our governor because they have not created mandated edicts. They've really given guidelines and really warned, and, and but they haven't pushed to the next level. And, I, and you know what? Even though they haven't done perfect, uh, they have done that, and they, we need to kind of give them a little bit of credit for that. But we're getting to the point, ladies and gentlemen, where we must speak out more boldly and more boldly the more they crack down. Every time I turn around, there are stricter guidelines. 
And at some point, you've got to push back and say, wait a minute. Some would say, Sam, you don't even have any solutions. What are you talking about? No, I got plenty of solutions. I've already mentioned what they can do is they can, by recommendation and guidance and education, literally quarantine the most vulnerable among us, those with underlying health conditions, those who are elderly, okay? And you can literally isolate them in homes and protect them. We can train the people to take care of them. We can create volunteer hotlines of guidances from nurses and doctors that can literally help the public know how to protect and how to deal with with and support and um, take care of the most vulnerable among us. Most of us, the sooner we get a herd mentality together, the better off we'll be. Well, they're going to wait till they get the vaccine before they want a herd mentality. But it can happen naturally. In fact, we're already a lot closer to that than we think we are. They just won't tell you that. There's a lot of solutions, folks, but they're not talking about any of them. They're specifically leaving God out of the discussion. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Get used to social distancing because President Trump now says more time will be needed for the nation to deal with the coronavirus. The president had earlier said he was hoping to have the country open for business again by Easter, which is April 12th. Now he says he's extending his social distancing guidelines to at least April 30th. Speaking at yesterday's White House briefing on coronavirus, Trump said he believes the nation will now rebound by early June. Jonesboro, Arkansas, cleaning up after Saturday's tornadoes. Small businesses there are already eligible for disaster loans and assistance set up for coronavirus-19. Governor Asa Hutchinson. We're dealing with a tornado disaster and recovery, but at the same time, we can't forget that we're going through a virus disaster. This is USA Radio News. Balance of nature's fruits and veggies. You know, you hear the commercials and it sounds, you know, pretty hokey to be perfectly honest, but uh, I definitely have more energy. I don't get sleepy as early as I used to. I have fewer aches and pains. I haven't had any colds. It seems to be working, so I'll keep going with it. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont saying President Trump needs to be more careful about what he says. After mentioning over the weekend he was considering a possible mandatory quarantine for New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. The president later said the mandatory quarantine was not necessary, but the Connecticut governor says... And uh, those words have created a certain amount of confusion. And when you lack clarity... That can create confusion, and confusion can lead to panic. Florida is now screening people from areas hard hit by the virus, setting up checkpoints on major highways. Authorities are going to be on I-10 near the Alabama state line and I-95 near the Georgia state line, looking for people with plates from Connecticut, Louisiana, New Jersey, and New York. 
Amazon workers in New York plan to walk off the job today, claiming the online retail giant has mishandled its response to the coronavirus pandemic. This is USA Radio News. All right, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org with us. This is out of control, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you, the, I'll tell you that right now. We're going way too far on this, ladies and gentlemen. Only when an awake public asserts their human liberties to protest the loss of their liberties will then governments back off and stop it. And we need to push back on this, folks, because I get that this is serious. I don't mean to dismiss any seriousness of this. You know what? When anybody dies from the flu or the coronavirus or anything else, it's serious. It's sad. It's horrible. But we need to pray for them. We need to practice common sense. We need to certainly protect the most innocent and the most elderly and the most um, vulnerable among us. I get it. It can be done voluntarily. It can be done with training. It can be done with volunteer nurses and doctor hotlines. Uh, But if we give people a lot of prayer, a lot of good, clean water, a lot of rest, a lot of vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin D. We get fresh air. We, You know what? Most of this can go away, folks. Their numbers are bl- uh, flat out manipulated to the nth degree because they don't have the data. And if they want you to believe they have the data, they're lying to you. John Rappaport chimes in uh, to illustrate this point, Lowell. He says, according to the World Health Organization in, in Europe, he says during the winter months, Influenza, that's seasonal flu, uh, may infect up to 20% of the population. That's ordinary seasonal flu, right? That's a fifth of the population. Well, he says, calculating the population of Europe at 741 million people, 20% of that works out to be about 148 million cases of the ordinary flu, not once in a lifetime, but every year, every single year, okay? 148 million cases every single year. Now, according to uh, Statista.com, as of March 23, 2020, there have been 170,424 confirmed cases of COVID-19 across the whole of Europe since the first confirmed cases in France on January 25th. Has the ordinary flu ever been called a pandemic? No. Has the ordinary flu ever resulted in the lockdown of countries? Well, no. <laughs> Rappaport then multiplies the number of COVID-19 cases in Europe for the first two months and multiplies by six to get an annual figure, and that amounts to about a million cases. Not even close, Sam, to the 148 million cases of ordinary flu in Europe every single year. Not even close. He looks at the numbers for Italy that makes a similar comparison. He then looks at the numbers for the whole world. And approximately 9% of the world's population gets the flu every year, which amounts to 3 to 5 million severe cases and 300,000 to 500,000 deaths every year. Has this flu ever been called a pandemic? Has this flu ever resulted in a lockdown of countries? Well, no, of course not. It hasn't and never has. And so he ends his piece, Dan, by suggesting that we track a couple more important statistics. One... The number of, a number of economies wrecked by public health leaders, and two, the number of lives wrecked by public health leaders. And I agree, Sam. 
This is serious, folks. If you don't believe the numbers from John Rappaport, a lot of people are claiming, oh, comparing this to the flu is apples and oranges because we don't really have real numbers for the flu. It's based on estimations, and we have documented details on the coronavirus. And my response is, why are we treating them so differently when they're really of the same origins? See, these coronaviruses, ladies and gentlemen, COVID-19 just being one of the illnesses derived from that, so is the common cold. And so are the flu and many other respiratory illnesses. And you've heard people for years and years and years go, oh, man, I had a respiratory illness the other day. It was horrible. It lasted for a week. And okay, these are all of the same origins. And so why they're treating them completely different is another thing that really makes you go, hmm, why are they doing that? Are they manufacturing a crisis here? Even if Corona is real, which I believe that it, to be real, um, I don't believe in the manufactured crisis surrounding it. Why are they treating it different than the flu? When will they put up flu numbers side by side to these numbers? And they won't because they admit they're treating them completely differently. The reason they're treating them completely differently is so that you can't compare them side to side because they know if you do, you'll see the truth. But believe it or not, there are doctors that are now being forced to admit what we're saying, even though they don't like it. John, how do you say his last name? Ionis? Yeah, Ionidus. Anyway, (laughs) Dr. John, he's a professor of medicine and epidemiology at Stanford, right? Yeah. Go ahead. This guy is really laying it out. uh, He recently published an article entitled A Fiasco in the Making. Um, and uh, he says, as the coronavirus pandemic takes hold, we are making decisions without reliable data. And in this article, Sam, he also argues that there's simply not enough data to make claims about reported case fatality rates. And we pointed out, we pointed this out last week, by the way, just as an aside, about the fact that the S, the, 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 see, the seasonal flu, they base the mortality rate of seasonal flu because they do have a, a fairly good estimate of the number of people who are infected by the seasonal flu every year. That's how they do it. And But they have, they do not have estimation. They don't have a good formula for the estimation of the COVID-19 yet. This hasn't been around long enough. And so every 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 data point, everybody that comes out with the mortality rates for COVID-19 is making huge assumptions based on uh, a lack of data because they simply do not have a metric that describes the number of, or that estimates the number of people who are infected with COVID-19. They just simply don't have it yet. That just means you can't believe it yet. So back to this article, Sam, uh, by Dr. Ioannidis. Uh, he states that rates like the official 3.4% rate uh, from the World Health Organization, they cause horror and are meaningless. Patients who have been tested for COVID-19 are disproportionately those with severe symptoms and bad outcomes. As most- and believe it or not, nine times out of ten, they have restrictions around who can even get the test. Unless you're going to the hospital or unless you're on your deathbed or something else, they won't even test you. So now we're talking about the most sick among us by far, most of whom have underlying conditions that compound the problem. And when the death happens, then they document it, believe it or not, on the birth certificate that it's death by coronavirus. Even though the underlying conditions uh, may have been just as responsible, they don't do that with the flu either. This is one of the reasons why the numbers coming out of Italy are so high. The COVID-19, the reported, reportedly COVID-19 deaths, right, are so high because Italy tends to um, tag the death in this way. Well, if, if a person dies and they happen to have the COVID-19 virus present, they attribute the death to COVID-19, when in reality, 
that the, 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 the patient had been in uh, the hospital or in a rehab center or uh, in a quarantine for much, much uh, more serious reasons. Well, and then you got to ask yourself, too, what if they haven't had the chance to test somebody, but they're pretty convinced it's corona? Do they put it down as that anyway? Oftentimes yeah. that happens as well. Well, and a lot of the articles I've been reading, Sam, indicate that and anywhere from 50 to 80 percent of the of the uh, 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 the positive test results are false positives, not real positives. And if you go read their stories about uh, most of the tests come from China, and there's a 30 percent failure rate of the tests from China as well, uh, urging people to not even purchase the tests from Chinese companies anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, so, so it's crazy. all so- over the map. Does this yeah. uh, Dr. John say more? Well, uh, yeah, but before we get to that, Doctor, I, I, I just wanted to, to, to get to the, the bottom line of this article um, at, uh, found, uh, that I found at LewRockwell.com. Um, is, is the part about Anthony Fauci, who is the doctor. Basically, he's the lead health technician here in the United now, States. Now, this guy has been a swamp monster in government administration <laughs> after government administration, and he's been involved in many mag- manufactured crises thus far. This guy is a well-known swamp monster to the umph degree. Nevertheless, uh, he loses it on this one, and he gets proven wrong. Why should we trust a guy that's already proven wrong more than once? But go ahead, sir. Right, right. And this is where he is backpedaling just as fast as he can go. Um, he's in a piece published in the New England Journal of Medicine. Uh, that he co-authored with two other doctors, he he wrote, the case fatality rate may be less than 1%, and the clinical consequences of COVID-19 may be more similar to that of a severe seasonal influenza. Now, let me stop you right there and say President Trump's been comparing it to the influenza. Uh, everybody's been mocking the president for that. The media and everybody else going, oh, Donald's just so ignorant, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And now his top, quote, coronavirus czar basically literally says that in what, a medical journal? Yeah, medical, New England Journal of Medicine. And now is the mainstream press going to go, wow, it looks like Donald was onto something and Anthony Fossey came to his senses, and are they going to highlight the dishonest uh, manipulation of Anthony Fossey? So publicly he's he created this panic around the country, and then he backpedals big time and has to admit in this journal of medicine the truth? Yeah. All right. Nobody will be listening to him on this one. He said millions would die in the beginning. Now he's backed off and he says the death yeah. toll will be a lot less, although it's still a very extreme number. 100 to 200,000. Millions of people will be infected, he says. Even his back off numbers may be way too high. We'll talk about that coming up on your radio. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win they lose nothing less big q little q the calm before the storm by a friend of megagoria the strategy of heaven revealed 
Big Q, Little Q, The Calm Before the Storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues that affect the American West, its people, lifestyles, lands, and wildlife. The Loving Liberty Radio Network is proud to support the publisher's efforts to provide an active forum for solutions that preserve the vanishing American cowboy, farmer, and sheep herder. Each issue contains informative articles on life in the American West, along with breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of the cowboy spirit in our day. Each issue of Range Magazine also features great gift ideas, like the 2020 Real Buckaroo Calendar and the book Tales from Out There. Order online from Range magazine.com just click on the shopping cart the loving liberty radio network salutes the spirit of the american west and those who are keeping it alive at range magazine with you live, Lowell Nelson. They're simply not data to make these decisions, but they're making them anyway. Anthony Fossey literally claimed millions would be dead. Now he's backing off and saying, what, 100 to 200,000? And that's still a very extreme claim, not backed by science, backed by his own opinions and propaganda. What do you say, Lowell? Yeah, that's for sure, Sam. Um, he is the one who published a piece with two other doctors in the New England Journal of Medicine backpedaling, saying the case fatality rate may be less than 1%, right, when he's the one that helps push this 3.4% death rate. Um, it's going to be less than 1%. He's backpedaling. The news organizations, they're not going to talk about this very much. That's why we're bringing it to you live for our Liberty Roundtable. And, um, you know, it's just, you know it, it is bad. We re- understand that, but it's not nearly as bad as we've been led to believe so that the governmental response to what, what, what's being overblown can, can also be overblown. That's the, the end game here, is uh, helping governments curtail and encroach upon our liberties, Sam. And, their, uh, and let's be very clear. There's not enough data to claim uh, death rates. There's not enough data to even claim uh, how bad this is going to get. There's just not enough data to even know that as the summer months heat up we know that it has a big effect the flu literally evaporates in the summer months it comes back every season when everybody's immune systems are compromised because they don't have enough sunlight they don't have enough fresh air especially if you go to colder climates the flu gets way worse because everybody's inside together breathing the same air it goes on and on and on they don't talk about any of that reality but anthony fossey this is the guy that made these outrageous claims backpedals now makes outrageous claims he's the one influencing president trump primarily to, to um extend these quote advisories or guidelines about social distancing and all this kind of stuff. And again, I support the social distancing. I support the cleaning, you know, uh, carts when you go to the grocery store and surfaces. And I support common sense measures to protect us from this. It's the violation of the Constitution that I have the problem. But we're going to trust the Dr. Fossey to predict the death toll and, and what we should do when this guy's already been proven wrong and he's having to literally back away big time. The outbreak is not what news sources 
are reporting. Robin Openshaw, this is a local a twist, if you will. Robin Openshaw is a, a writer from Utah, right? Yes, she owns business here in Utah. And I love this article. I don't know Robin, but I love this article because it is a local, um, per, you know, someone just like you and me, Sam, who owns a business here in Utah. And she makes some personal observations, and she posts them on her blog, uh, which uh, her blog is named uh, greensmoothiegirl.com. <laughs> and um, she's entitled uh, this uh, this little piece here, You Were Wrong, right? I mean, and so she, she's talking about uh, her uh, her experience in Park City, where she was in, in the Park City Hospital on March 25th, the very... Uh, the very day that KSL reported that Summit County had an outbreak um, in, in, in the same proportion as New York City. You know, basically the per capita outbreak in Summit County was similar to the outbreak in New York City. That's what KSL claimed, right? And, uh, and yet she was there at the hospital, and uh, she, she's asking the question, hey, did you guys even check with the hospitals in Summit County? to learn that they were not full of COVID-19 patients. <laughs> she was there. She says they didn't even have a single patient in the ER and not in the ER waiting room and not in a general hospital waiting room either. Why was she there? Well, she was there to uh, apparently remove some of her iron-rich blood. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know if she has a condition that requires her to, to remove some of her iron-rich blood or whatever, but that's why she was there, and she did not get that treatment at, at the uh, the hospital there in Park City, and so she went to the ER in Heber and found that one completely empty as well. And so it's like KSL is reporting uh, the story on one hand that the Summit County has an outbreak of pandemic proportions, and yet she was there in person in the ER um, in, in, in the hospital in Park City and then later in the hospital in Heber, and not a single person is there. They're all empty. I mean, it just makes no sense, Sam, that um, the KSO would report this, this huge outbreak, and then in, in reality, a, a person, a bystander, a citizen at these hospitals is reporting that these hospitals were not uh, overrun with COVID-19 patients. It simply makes no sense. So KSO, either they were lying or they were ignorantly reporting, or the journalists didn't do their job to corroborate their story. They didn't call the hospital. I mean, I don't know what the deal was, but the bottom line here, folks, is you just can't believe everything you hear or read from the, the lamestream media. It's it, hard to it, even fathom this because when it gets that local and you get that much of a witness about what's going on, you go, wait a minute, what the heck's going on around here? The yeah. biggest news organization in the state flat out? Completely, 180 degree contradicts her. There's, I mean, this isn't a thing where somebody could be confused and it's like, oh, it wasn't that way, or I saw it differently, or we have a different opinion about what happened, or this is so blatantly 180. Okay, either it was a meltdown or it was not, and she's simply flat out saying it was not, and I was there. I mean, this is pretty hardcore to deal with, Lol. <laughs> I absolutely appreciate her, her, uh, her. Uh... Her courage for posting this column. I mean, she's she's apparently well known. She's got a column. She has a website, and she posts this column on her website. And I'm sure she's taking a ton of flack for it. But you know, who are you going to believe? You're going to believe KSL, uh, or are you going to believe the Green Smoothie Girl? 
right? I mean, I don't know, uh, Robin. I would I would have to to look at her previous posts, maybe, or get to know her, uh, you know. But but I tend to side with the common citizen. I tend to side with with the person who has no axe to grind, who has no uh, incentive, monetary benefit, whatever. Uh, I mean, if she's the green smoothie girl, then she probably promotes green smoothies. And what better environment to promote that in than a sick population, right? They could benefit from green smoothies, but she's not saying that. She's saying there are no there are no sick people there. Well, and what I would like to do is it would be very easy to find a nurse or two or three or a doctor or two or three or a health worker that was there, uh, you know, an assistant of some kind or a desk clerk or a, a few people that could, you know, give you the truth. What happened? What's going on with this? And I don't think too much investigating uh, would be very hard to to find out the truth there. The problem is I don't have the time and the efforts, you know, the ability to do it. But I, I'm just saying this is something that we could find out pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I would welcome people who are listening, uh, people in Heber Valley, in Summit County, wherever you're – uh, wherever you live there, if you have, or if you know of somebody who works in the hospital there, um, have them have them get a, get in touch with me. Call me, talk with me, and uh, let's let's uh, let's get more more eyes on the story, um, and uh, maybe we can get uh, you know report late a little bit later on in a couple of days how how much you know what we find what our homework turns up because uh, yeah this this is not right for a KSL to report one thing. If it's not true, this is not right, Sam. All right. I want to talk about Utah a little bit to make the point. In Utah, there's about 3.3 million people, right? Yep. Okay. And as far as I understand, they're claiming that the numbers of people who uh, are infected are just going through the roof. Okay. That's their claim. Literally, it's going through the roof, they say. My problem with going through the roof is when you have one... And you say, now it's two, the numbers are through the roof. If you have one and it becomes three, the numbers are through the roof. I mean, if you have one and it becomes <laughs> ten, the numbers are just stratospheric through the roof, right? <laughs> but, folks, I'm not buying it. All right, how many people have been tested? And how many people have the coronavirus? And how many people are dead? Those three numbers are critically important, right? Well, yeah, the total number of people... Uh Compared with those who die from COVID-19, that's an important statistic. But if you look at uh, just the number of people who get uh, who tested, and when you have a shortage of tests, and you're only testing the people that are sick, going to the hospital who's sick, then you have what they call selection bias, right? And that just means that the numbers are going to be a lot higher because you're only testing the sick people who are in the hospital system. And the very sickest, and that's only for those who you can even get tests for. A lot aren't even tested that go to the hospital and stay in the hospital, I might add. So listen carefully. 3.3 million people, all right? About 14,000 have been tested, and 719, they claim, have the virus. Now, never mind the tests could be wrong and giving false positives even with that number, Okay. There's basically two or three people that have died. And the reason I say two or three is because I've heard three some places and two other places. But literally out of 3.3 million people, three people have died. And we're calling this a pandemic to the point where we lock everybody down. How long has, have we been locked down already? For about wow. two and a half weeks, two weeks? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, two to three. Okay, and if they're saying that the lockdown is going to work two and a half weeks later, wouldn't you see kind of a, I mean, the numbers shouldn't be just going through the stratosphere, should it, Well. 
<laughs> How's it going through the stratosphere? Now, the county that I live in, to make the point even more poignant, has about 700,000 people in it, okay, give or take. There's 50 people and one death. So 50 people have got the coronavirus, one death, uh, 80 or 95% of the people do just fine. And we're literally going to lock down this whole county in the stay-at-home order. I haven't hardly gone anywhere in two weeks. I've gone shopping uh, once or twice a little bit for a couple of necessities. Uh, and we've, dr- we've driven by a restaurant for takeout to try to support the restaurants a little bit and to make things easier for us. Other than that, we really haven't even gone anywhere hardly. We, me and my family work from home, do school from home. We haven't gone anywhere. But I'm saying if, if this is working two and a half weeks later, wouldn't you see the number slow down a little bit? They're claiming it's just going through the roof. But how does it go through the roof when you have two deaths? I guess if it becomes three, it's just through the stratosphere? I mean, they're not making any sense to me, Lowell. Well, it's all a matter of definition, I suppose. Remember that the definition of an outbreak here in Utah is two or more people. Did you know that, Sam? Oh, wow. We got an outbreak of freedom going on on the radio right now then. Wow. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) But I look at this, and the point is I'm not here to attack anybody. I am here to defend the Constitution, and I am here to defend common sense. I am here to focus on the real solutions, which is turn to God in prayer, to fast and pray, to obey his commandments for starters. Secondly, to use natural health and healing solutions. A lot of fresh air, a lot of exercise, a lot of vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin D, a lot of good fresh water. Lay off the sugar and the other foods that aren't good for you. Really, truly, those who are vulnerable among you, those who have underlying conditions or those who are elderly, you know what? Isolate them and protect them. Use best practices to make sure you don't infect them. Those are all good suggestions. I support every bit of that. Even staying at home and practicing social distancing, I support. But you've got to have plenty of sunlight. You've got to have plenty of fresh air. You've got to take walks. You've got to get outside. You got to, and I'm telling you right now, they're locking us down way too hard. And my big concern is they're violating the Constitution at every turn, including spending us into oblivion. Did you file your taxes already, Lowell? Nope. All right. Well, then, uh, did you file last year? Yep. Yep. All right. So they got your information, buddy. They'll be sending you a check soon. <laughs> Making every one of us an unintended socialist. Yes, yes, that's terrible. $2.2 trillion, Sam, that bill from last week. Yeah, I think it's all cover, this coronavirus cover for the financial system collapse. Maybe that's what's happening, Sam. Give us the last line of what we need to do, Lowell. Please urge our public servants. Yes, to stop the madness. And get this economy going again. Stop the quarantine. Then the lockdowns. Let's get moving again. Clearly, they have overreacted. And we are making, you know, they, they basically made the seismic decisions on utterly unreliable data, Sam. On unreliable data, they're remaking America into a socialist nation. Wow, Donald will have a legacy, won't he? Thanks, Lowell.